Hi everyone and welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. This is the first podcast for counsellors that just don't align with the traditional approaches to business and that want to use their spiritual gifts, talents and interests to create, you guessed it, a private practice with soul. So look, leave it to me to provide you with everything you need, including strategies that you can use to increase your income, reduce your workload and of course increase inquiries and referrals to your beautiful soul-led private practice. I love it so much. If you haven't done it already, grab your journal, grab your pen and let's begin. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Brooklyn, and it is so great to have you here. Uh, Guess what? Today is the birthday of my private practice. So we are 28 years young. (laughs) And to celebrate, if you're on my email list, you are getting um, surprises every single day for my birthday week. I know. How much fun is this? This morning, um, the surprise was 28% off the essential forms in private practice. So every single day for the next seven days, there'll be a coupon that lasts for 24 hours, that's for 28% of something that I sell in my private practice. This is going to include things like supervision coaching, courses, um, planners, uh, forms like today, all kinds of things. So be sure to open your email so you don't miss out. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, Today, I want to talk with you about a question that popped up recently, which was about supervision. Somebody was saying, hey, I have some supervision sessions left. I love supervision, but I'm not getting the most out of it because I often turn up not knowing what to talk about and not knowing what to say. And so I thought this would be a really great podcast episode because um, sometimes I also used to feel like that as well. I think we're so used to being on the other side, aren't we? We're so used to being on the on the couch and providing the services that sometimes when the tables are turned, we sort of think, oh, what am I meant to talk about here? Um, but just before we do, I want to also say that if you are having supervision on site from an employer, uh, I appreciate 100% how difficult it can be to know what to talk about in supervision because there are other issues going on. There's other biases, aren't there? For example, I don't know that I feel really comfortable talking about my incompetencies or, you know, lack of skill or lack of knowledge around something that I'm meant to be competent at and skilled at and, you know, knowledgeable with. That's why my employer gave me the job. So I can certainly see and appreciate why some of you might struggle to take things to supervision when you have internal or on-site supervision. And that's why if you're in that situation, my advice to you is to use those supervision sessions to speak about the business side of what's going on. Um, rather than, you know, where your challenges are and, and things like that. If you're feeling uncomfortable and you're worried about it, take those things to an external supervisor um, where you can be open, you can speak more freely, you're not going to worry about losing your job or being performance managed or anything like that, okay? Because I know we don't like to think those things um, happen, but sometimes they do. And I know this because I end up seeing those clients who've been in that position, okay? And I don't want that for you. So if you have on-site supervision, 
just try and keep it focused to that private practice and the business of that private practice. Um, Anything else I would take to an external supervisor. But see how you go. The other thing too with that is just be mindful that uh, in, in psychology, I don't know what it is with counselling, I would assume it's the same, but in psychology we have codes of conduct and codes of ethics that are very strict about things like dual relationships. Um, a dual relationship is where somebody is wearing two hats. Now, can somebody really be your boss and be your supervisor? Um, is that a dual relationship? What's that mean for them? What does it mean for you? It can get quite, the, the waters can muddy if there aren't very clear supervision guidelines in place right from the beginning. Now, it is possible that you can have supervision on site and it can work totally fine. But in those cases, there's very clear delineations of people's roles and responsibilities and obligations. There's very clear boundaries around it. Everybody's on the same page um, and, you know, it can work. But without those things in place, the waters can get muddied and can feel really tricky, really easy. So if that's you, maybe have a conversation with your external supervisor about how to handle it with your on-site supervisor. And maybe even seek some documentation that you can take to your on-site supervisor that would help you feel more comfortable around, you know, roles, obligations, responsibilities, things like that. Anyway, just wanted to preface with that. What to discuss? So first off, the thing is you really want to prepare in advance. So for my supervision clients, they all receive a supervision journal um, and it helps them to prepare for each supervision session. It gives them some time to review, you know, their caseload, who they're working with and any challenging cases or situations that they've encountered or that have come up since we last met. Um, and it also provides space for them to make a list of specific cases or issues that they might want to discuss and to jot down initial thoughts, questions, brainstormy type stuff. Okay, so having that preparation in advance can work really well for you. If your supervisor is not providing you with a supervision journal, I would say they should be um, because I just think it's part of best practice. Uh, if you don't have one and you would like one, let me know and I can, you know, share a copy of mine perhaps. Uh, the next thing to think about in terms of what you want to discuss is how clients are progressing and any challenges that you're experiencing in sessions with them. So really think about, um, you know, maybe two or three clients and think about the progress. Like what, where were they when they first started with you? How many sessions in are we? What sort of progress had you expected to see? And are you on track for that? If you are on track, that's great. You can still discuss it in supervision. Look at what's working because then that can become a framework or a lens for you to create uh, more success with clients moving forward as they come through your practice. Um, but also uh, use it as an opportunity to look at any challenges that your clients might be facing in therapy, but also that you could be facing in therapy. For example, you know, feeling stuck. Sometimes we, we, 
have experiences where we're working with clients and we feel like, you know, this client's been coming for a little while and we're just kind of going around in circles or the talk is quite superficial. I don't know really what we're doing here, but they keep coming and they're saying that they like it. That's something that you would discuss in supervision. Um, other things that you might want to discuss in supervision are, um, you know, challenges that you as the counsellor experience like how are you feeling when you're working with this particular person how do you feel when you're working with this particular topic or challenge or presenting problem right um, when you're thinking about this in terms of clients progress though some things that you can do might be to make some notes for yourself about any notable changes in your client's symptoms that they're now reporting their behaviors like what's changed um, or feelings since the last supervision session okay Something else that might be really helpful for you to discuss in supervision could be treatment planning. So in psychology, we call it treatment planning usually, um, but you might call it therapy or your counseling plan. It doesn't matter, but you know, whatever your plan is. So this is supervision is a really wonderful um, opportunity for you to share your plan, your treatment plan, your therapy plan and goals for each client with your supervisor and seek feedback on their appropriateness and effectiveness. Okay, it can really be so helpful to have a fresh set of eyes on your treatment plan. It gives you a chance to share with your supervisor the history of what was happening with a client, but it also gives you an opportunity to hear from your supervisor and hear from their experience, their wisdom, their insights. They might have questions that can be very expansive and help pivot this um, treatment or this therapy in a whole new direction, okay? You might also want to discuss any modifications or adjustments you're considering for therapy moving forward with clients, okay? A fourth thing that you might want to discuss in supervision are things like ethical dilemmas and boundaries. So if you've encountered any ethical dilemmas or boundary issues, um, certainly bring them up for discussion with your supervisor and ask for guidance on how to navigate them while maintaining ethical standards. Okay, so a, a typical one that pops up for some of the supervision clients that I have are things like, you know, a client tried to friend them on social media or do you know what I mean? Things like that, or a client's messaging them on Instagram and knowing how to, how to handle that, knowing how to handle, you know, another supervision client that I worked with this year had a sticky situation where a client developed an attachment for her. This, this client wanted to, you know, be a little bit flirtatious and, you know, started to misinterpret the context of, of the sessions and her approach of being non-judgmental and non-biased and value-free and all those sorts of things. He misinterpreted that to be something else and he developed an attachment. So certainly um, raising these sorts of issues can be incredibly helpful because you want to be able to nip them in the bud, get support while you do it, make sure that you're doing everything the right way um, and really maintain a high level of professionalism while you're still trying to maintain the therapeutic relationship because that's the other sticky thing how do I put a boundary in place around my social media or with this person who's now wanting to shout me a coffee or something like that how do I now 
um, handle this in such a way it's respectful, professional, and still maintains that therapeutic alliance, right? Because I want them to come back and see me, but I don't want them to feel uncomfortable about it. So um, taking that to supervision, super helpful. Uh, number five, thinking about things like counter transference and personal reactions. So being really open with your supervisor about any counter transference, which simply means your emotional reactions to clients that you could have experienced, you know, what's been happening in session and what have you noticed within yourself? Have you noticed when a client has said something or, you know, shared something with you? Have you had a somatic reaction to it? In your mind, have you felt shocked? Um, do you know what I mean? Did you feel threatened? Did you feel um, like you wanted to cry? you know, things like that. These are wonderful opportunities to um, explore and unpack uh, what's going on for you in terms of those sessions with your clients, with your supervisor, really having space with your supervisor to be able to discuss how those emotions might be influencing your therapeutic relationship and getting some strategies for managing them is worth its weight in gold, especially because your supervisor is providing you with a safe, value-free, judgment-free space to do that. Okay. Uh, number six, you can always talk about interventions and techniques. So share the interventions and the therapeutic techniques that you've been using with clients with your supervisor and ask them for feedback on the appropriateness and effectiveness of those approaches on a case by case basis. Okay. CBT might be working really well for a bunch of your clients, but you're just not making progress with this client over here. Getting some suggestions or some guidance or some input from your supervisor around alternative uh, interventions and techniques can, again, really unlock progress for you and your client moving forward in that therapeutic relationship. Uh, number seven, you could also talk about things like assessment and diagnosis. So if you're a psychologist, you're a social worker and you're doing assessments and some counsellors do different types of assessments as well. They might be using the DISC assessment or, um, you know, some other assessments like the DAS and general health questionnaire. Um, you know, discuss any challenges that you've, account you've encountered uh, during the phase of assessing your client or diagnosing them. And seek guidance if it's needed, okay? Also explore alternative diagnostic considerations if you have any doubts about what's coming up. So this is really important for all psychologists and all mental health social workers and all counsellors who are, um, you know, doing mini assessments and things like that because sometimes while an assessment might um, say something, we also need another assessment to confirm or dispute whether or not that's a valid diagnosis. Okay, so sometimes when we're doing um, particular di um, diagnoses, like maybe we're looking for um, a learning difficulty or maybe we're looking for um, cognitive functioning or something like that, sometimes we also need supplementary assessments to give us more confirmation that a diagnosis is likely. For example, we might be using the Vineland Adaptive Behaviour Scales things like that, really important, discuss them, discuss the findings, discuss what the interpretations of those findings are for that client with your supervisor um, and just, you know, cover all bases for yourself so that you can submit that report to a school, to parents, to whomever with confidence, okay? 
something else you might want to take to supervision is things around your own self-care and burnout and also self-care and burnout prevention. So doing things like sharing your PD goals, your ongoing professional development or your continuing professional development goals with your supervisor and asking, you know, hey, what's your advice here on the best way for me to, to achieve these, given that I really want to prevent burnout this year, you know, um, discuss with them any training or workshops that could also be beneficial for your growth as a therapist moving forward over the next 12 months. You know, one of the really sad things that I became aware of recently was there was a very popular training that's, um, you know, recognized by so many membership bodies, but it's not recognized by one. And unfortunately, what that meant for one of my supervision clients was that she um, had sacrificed her time on her weekends going and doing this training, expecting it was going to be approved. It wasn't. And then her membership body suggested maybe she go and do mental health academy training. So she spent four hours again on another weekend watching videos that didn't add any value to her work, that were just merely a box ticking exercise so that she could meet her CPD goals with that membership organization for the year. So I really want you to be able to avoid that if you can. Um, And by being able to plan your PD with your supervisor helps you because your supervisor will help keep you on track and check in with you, make sure that the PD you're doing is going to support you in your business, support you in the work that you're doing moving forward and be really aligned with your values and goals for the next 12 months. Something else to discuss in supervision, feedback and also self-reflection. So, you know, it's always um, a wonderful opportunity for you to say to your supervisor hey I'm not really sure what to discuss today and this has been on my mind because I really want to get the most out of our time together what kind of things do you think that we could be discussing do you have any questions for me you know asking like raising it being present with it sitting with it that's totally fine for you to do you're not going to get into trouble by saying I'm just not sure what to talk about today. I think that in itself speaks volumes. If one of my clients came to me and said, yeah, I'm not really sure what to talk about today, um, I would know exactly what to say to them <laughs> to to help because as to me, in, in my way of thinking, there's something behind that um, and I would want to get to that. So we would have a discussion around that. But you can also use it for self-reflection and say to your supervisor, you know, today I wanted to spend some time Uh, in self-reflection can you support me with this you know can you please ask me some guiding questions that will help me with a reflective practice today Um, so you can do that but you can also reflect on your own performance so far and you can also reflect on areas where you feel you're doing really well um, and where you feel you'd like to learn more and grow more or improve more or develop more um Something else you might want to discuss is case formulation. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with that term in counselling, but it's certainly in psychology and social work, case formulation is really important. It's, you know, an opportunity supervision to work on developing comprehensive case formulations for your clients and to share them with your supervisor for input and for refinement. And then last of all, you know, you might also want to consider talking about um, things around cultural competence and cultural sensitivity in your supervision sessions so thinking about 
you know, how cultural factors could be impacting your clients, but might also be impacting your therapeutic approach and use supervision as an opportunity, you know, if it arises and if you feel called to seek some guidance in a safe container on culturally sensitive practices and interventions or to seek guidance on, you know, safe practices and interventions that are respectful, that are relevant and useful and applicable for, you know, diversity in our client population. Okay. So always remember that supervision, it's really a very collaborative process and it's okay for you not to have all the answers. Your supervisor doesn't expect you to know everything. Okay. Your supervisor is there as a sounding board. They're going to provide support, guidance, and they're going to give you an outside perspective, okay? But by actively engaging in supervision sessions and by you being able to ask thoughtful questions too, you can easily make the most from your supervision sessions and continue to grow as a therapist. And isn't that what we all want, okay? I have the best supervisor in the world. I love her to bits. Um, She's amazing. And, you know, I never am stuck for things to take to her because I always look forward to our sessions because I get so much from them. So that's something else I want to share with you. If you're stuck on things to say, is this supervisor the right one for you? You know, maybe you need to have a change of supervisor. Um, sometimes that can really help a fresh perspective, a fresh approach um, can really open doors and unlock new insights. Um, I just... I look forward to supervision. I have my own supervision journal. I take notes during the week of things that I want to discuss with my supervisor. Um, And I always come away from my supervision sessions, always feeling more motivated, feeling better, feeling grounded, feeling happy, feeling excited, feeling like I'm on track, feeling like I've got a plan. Um, And you know what? She is amazing. So find a supervisor that is the perfect fit for you. Now, I've been in practice 28 years today. So you can imagine how many supervisors I've had. It took me this long to finally land on one that is the perfect for my practice supervisor. Okay, so don't be afraid to try different supervisors. Um, You can always, always go back if you wanted to, but sometimes not knowing what to say in a supervision session can be more a reflection of the value of supervision that you're experiencing. It's just something to think about. But I hope this was really helpful. If you have any questions about supervision, um, please don't hesitate to let me know. Just tap me on the shoulder in our free communities online on Facebook, the Counselors Connect Australia group or Australian Counselors in Private Practice Online. Or you can message me on Facebook or on Instagram at The Private Practice Coach. I'll be more than happy to help you out. Have a wonderful day and I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. 
to get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter, and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.